0: This verse came to me, this, this Psalm 70. I'm going to read 1 through 4. It says, Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Let them be ashamed and confounded that seek after my soul. Let them be turned backward and put to confusion that desire my hurt. Let them be turned back for reward. Let their shame that say, Aha, Aha. Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love my salvation say continually, let God be magnified. I read that and I thought about various bills are in front of Congress right now and the things that are happening that will affect the church. And today's lesson came at a particularly good time for me because it says God's in charge. Our job as Christians is to pray for those to love them and, and trust them and give them that which they need not because we agree with it but because the Lord says for us to be Christians and be able to do that but then also to pray the Lord to provide us the relief that we need so we all exercise what we want to do at the polling station and the ballot box everything else we do we pray the Lord for and the Lord then takes care of it. so we get to trust in Him Heavenly Father, we thank you for your
1: says I have a new name written down in glory yes it's mine so let's just sing it together this morning
2: 'Cause the iron tears.
1: to be saved. So this morning we want to sing about that grace today. So let's sing together This is Amazing Grace.
2: You were there! the grave.
1: and worship song it might be new to you it literally just says whatever God's done before He's able to do it again and I'm here to believe today and I'm here to proclaim to you today that uh, I know that we have a lot out I think uh, last I counted before church started there's about 26 people out today Uh, folks that are normally here Sister James is in the hospital today she would love to trade places I talked to her last night she's like I'm just ready to get out of this place Uh, Sister Faye Huff is in the nursing home got many that are working, many that are sick, uh, others that are uh, not here for whatever reasons, but but there's 26 people that, for whatever reason, couldn't be in the house of the Lord today, but we're here today, Amen. and uh, I know it's a little cold outside, it doesn't really feel very springy, it feels a little more uh, winterish today, but I want you to know that we've got heat in the building, and we've got, if you get too hot, we've got air in the building, and we've got all kinds of electricity here, so you can see what you're doing, and, and things like that, so we have a lot to be thankful for, and God's ever, you know, if you come in today and you say, well, Pastor, you know, I'm just not feeling too good, or I'm struggling today, or I got a lot on my plate, well, if God's ever helped you before, this song reminds us that He's able to do it again, and again, and again, and again, Amen. so no matter what, and uh, we have a lot of exciting things, in fact, this week, I- I'm glad that uh, April and Chris made it in today, uh, April had been uh, telling me this week uh, uh, about uh, their their journey, and, uh, and so we're only about three weeks away from a baby, uh, they, the baby is growing so well. Uh, that she's going to have a baby right after Easter. Uh, I think it's uh, the eighth that we're leaving. Is it right? The eighth. So the Lord is the Lord is moving, and He's He's given her. We had a couple scares along the way, uh, but the Lord has been been through this process, and He's been guiding the doctor's hands and, and all this stuff. And so we're here today. And so this morning, don't worry about what's going on or what's going on around you. Let's just start this morning. Let's just worship the Lord and know today that we're able to worship the Lord. So let's sing together about God can do it again. Thank you. Probably know this song, but let's sing it as our declaration today that through it all I've learned to depend upon the word of the Lord. I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter number 3. Kids, at this moment you are free to be dismissed to Children's Church to my left, your right, out these doors right here to the side. Sister Jeannie is on her way. Parents, please remember to sign your kids out after Children's Church if you do not mind uh, and make sure that uh, they uh, have a, uh, a record of your child because I am not taking extra children home with me. So... If you don't take them, they're going to be like Samuel. They're going to live at the house of the Lord. I'm going to tell them where the goldfish stash is at. I'm going to tell them where the juice boxes are at. And I'll tell them I'll see them tomorrow when I come into the office and hope they survive. So sign your kids out. If you don't, well, hopefully they'll see you next Sunday to pick them up. But uh, please make sure you sign your kids out. It's for a safety protocol. Let me remind you that tonight we start the spring revival, not here, but at the Oak Grove Pentecostal Holiness Church with all of the Our low country area ministries and pastors and churches and all this. Uh, Tonight, Pastor uh, Chris uh, Bambro of Oak Grove will be bringing the word. Monday night, Brother Doug Cooper from Hickory Grove will be bringing the word. Tuesday night, Pastor Chris Piegler from Victory. And on Wednesday night, uh, myself along with our worship team will be there uh, on uh, Wednesday night at 7. Tonight starts at 6. The rest of the week, I believe, starts at 7 p.m., uh, there, so uh, if you can make it out, make it out as many nights as possible. But selfishly speaking, if you can't make any other night, please come Wednesday. Uh, so it's just nice to have friendly faces in the crowd, and because I'm gonna be really heartbroken if you come any other every other night, but don't come to Wednesday night, I'm gonna feel like I, you have a complex with me. So I'd love to have you on Wednesday if possible. It grows right here off of the 17. Instead of making the left fork, if you'd have went straight, uh, instead of coming to church today, you would have passed it down there on the left. So. Make sure that you join them. Also, Easter is right around the corner. Please don't forget to sign up. We are still collecting items for food, games, monetary donations on April 3rd from 11 to 1. We're going to be having an Easter egg extravaganza. and We're going to have food and fellowship. And we're just going to be together, just love on our kids for a little while. We're going to give away all kinds of stuff. We're going to send them home with a bunch of sugar and tell you God bless you and that you have fun for the rest of the day. When we give them the sugar they don't stay with me they go home with you after this event so don't say well pastor don't you want to just pour into their lives yes on sunday you keep them on saturday so they will be with you on saturday afterwards but we're gonna we're still uh collecting things we need we're still needing hot dogs hot dog buns and condiments and there's a whole sign-up sheet right outside these double doors and uh before you go out at the uh, main uh, door out the back right there by the office there's a sign-up table Uh, There's all kinds of stuff. It has the list of anything you're willing to bring. I think we have drinks already covered. So really, we need condiments, food, uh, I mean, condiments, hot dogs, hot dog buns, chips, uh, pre-packaged preferably, please, because we're trying to stay COVID uh, conscientious of that. Um, Also, anybody that's willing to volunteer, Brother Larry, to uh, grill the hot dogs would be fantastic uh, and and, uh, help us with that. Um, Also, don't forget that uh, for all of you early mourners, Sunrise Service uh, means only like three of you, but the rest of you, uh, there's only about three of us that are probably out there, but we're going to be out there at the Tail Race Canal on the boating dock on the side. We're not going to be in the water. We're not on the dock itself going into the water, but we'll be in the parking lot area. You can't miss us because we'll be the only people not in PFG gear. That's professional fishing gear for all you people who don't know what that stands for. I didn't know it. I looked it up just so I could tell you all about it. I didn't know what it was, but I wanted to just fill apart. But anyway, so we're going to be out there. We're going to sing some songs, uh, probably acapella, unless I can convince a guitar player or so to play. Uh, but uh, we're going to sing out there and just worship, see the sunrise. We're going to take communion together out there on the water and uh, talk about the Easter service. And then we're going to have breakfast at church. Uh, before Sunday school, we'll have, you know, all kinds of little danishes, donuts, and continental breakfast. I'm not cooking eggs and bacon and ham and sausage because that gets confusing because i don't know if you have a mammal allergy i don't know if you like pork if you like turkey sausage over regular sausage i don't know if you like eggs i don't know how many pancakes you eat do you want them with chocolate chips blueberries strawberries peanut butter so you know what Krispy cream donuts they're glazed everybody's fat and happy it's a good way it's just a way to go everybody likes those i'll bring some muffins some donuts we'll have uh, apple juices and orange juices those kinds of things and and uh, maybe some cereal uh, little granola bar type thing so that will be exciting time and then we'll have uh, Easter service and coffee, for all of you coffee drinkers coffee, uh, and then we'll have Easter Sunday don't feel bad if you don't come to Sunrise Service because you're going to have an opportunity to take communion on Easter as well we're going to celebrate even in the Sunday morning service, we're going to take communion I don't do it very often because you know, if you do it you know, if you have people you know take it every week that's cool for the people that do that that's on them But I I don't want communion to ever lose its special connection to me. Um, I feel like if I'm not careful, if I do it every week, then it becomes just a ritual. I know I'm going to do it this Sunday and it just becomes an old hat that I put on every week. But I feel like every time I've been raised in church and times I've been in church, just something about when you just take that solemn moment. And I know that those biodegradable wafers feel like cardboard stuck to the roof of your mouth. But it's just something about the serenity of the moment. When you take it and you drink that little grape juice cup. And just you just almost can like feel the presence of the Lord in that moment that you're spending with Him. And so I think there is no better time as we celebrate coming up next week. Or not next, the week after next. Two weeks from now, the Passion Week, Good Friday, and, and, and celebrating Easter. I feel like that that's a perfect time to take communion. To remember what God's done for us, and so we're going to be doing that as well. Now we're in our middle of our series called Unmasked, and we are still talking about that this today. So you've sat for a few minutes, I've let you rest uh, for a moment, so I'm going to ask you if you will to stand for the reading of God's Word, and rest on your feet just for a moment. We're just going to read a few verses here this morning, and uh, then we're going to pray the prayer of faith over the Word, and uh, jump right in today. If you listen fast, I will preach fast, because I'm getting hungry. So, let's do this together. Acts chapter 3, verse number 1. And when Peter and John went up together at the temple into the hour of prayer, that being the ninth hour, or if you don't know, that would be 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I just want to let you know, if I was scriptural, we'd have 3 o'clock services, because that's what time they were going to church. But I know most of you aren't coming back at 3, so I'm going to let you all get out by 12.15 or so. So, just remember, you could have it worse. You could be at church till 3. So... At 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they're going. And there was a certain man who was lame, meaning he was crippled, from his mother womb and was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful, begging or asking of alms of them that entered into the temple. Verse number 3, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked of alms. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John and said, look at us. Now notice who's talking here. This is the guy that denied first of all told Jesus, I'll never deny you. I got you, Jesus. I got your back. I got you. Then when the rubber met the road and a little bit of societal pressure called counterculture or cancel culture came into play in the Roman Empire. And the government, i.e. the Roman Empire, not the United States, but the Romans, started putting a little pressure on God's people. Peter wilted like a flower in the middle of a desert sun. He's like, oh, wait, I don't know that man. I don't know who this Jesus man is. Not one time, three times he said, I don't know who this guy is. He's walked for three and a half years with this man called Jesus. But in literally a matter of moments, he denies him three times in a row. It's the same Peter that goes out and weeps bitterly. It's the same Peter in John, uh, the end of John, in John chapter 20 and 21, where Jesus shows up and, and he tells Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep three times. Now Peter is the same guy now telling this dude, look at me focus your eyes on me. And he gave heed unto him, and this is the guy begging. The guy begging said, all right, I'll look at you. But look at what he's looking for. He's not looking, Sister Angela, for anything else, but he's expecting to receive something from him. Anybody ever met people who want a handout? Hello. Whoo, I'm preaching better than you're shouting so far this morning. It's going to be a long journey. You all know there's somebody out there you know wants a handout. They don't want to work, but they want to have all the money. Come on, somebody. They want a handout. That's what he's looking for. He's wanting just free stuff. Peter said to him, hey, buddy, I know what you want. But silver and gold, buddy, I don't have that. I, I ain't got no money. I'm sorry, I can't, I, can't, I can't give you what you want. I'm not giving you more drug money. I'm not giving you more money to go buy alcohol with. I'm not giving you more money to go buy, you know, whatever it is that your addictions are. I'm not giving you money to go continue to live that way. with life. I don't have that. But what I do have. I'm willing to give you and what I have is a name that in this name every knee will bow and every tongue will confess I've got a name for you and that name just so happens to be Jesus Christ now that's funny just a couple days earlier I didn't even want to mention that I knew that name now I'm telling you all I've got left in this world they took my job they took my income they put pressure on me they're trying to kill us they're trying to snuff us out and all I've got left brother Stan is one thing I got Jesus. That's all I got left. But can I tell you, if that's all you got left, even if the meal in the barrel is bone dry, if you just know how to say the name, you got everything you need. I don't have to say nothing else today. In fact, I could say right now, on the count of three, let's say the name Jesus, and we can leave this building, and you got everything you needed to get from church today because you got what you came for. You got Jesus. That's all you got. He said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I tell you to rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand. And he lifted him up and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he leaped up, he stood up and he walked and he entered with them into the temple walking and praising God. And all the people, everybody saw it. Because when Jesus does something, everybody notices the change he makes in someone's lives. Everybody gets put on notice. And they knew this had been him which sat at the gate, beautiful, begging for alms of the temple And they were filled with wonder and amazement at which it happened unto him. Today, for the next few moments, I want to preach on this idea. Expectations. Expectations. What are your expectations today? I'm going to ask Brother Randy if he would pray over the reading of God's Word this morning. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. Here's what I want you to understand. Brandon, if you'll turn me down just a little bit on this monitor, uh, uh, on this stage for a little bit, and maybe you can take a little bit out of the house this morning. Not a lot, but a little bit there. Here's what I want you to understand today, and when, we, when we're discussing this this morning. There comes a point in every man, woman, boy, or girl's life that you have expectations of something. When you have a child, you expect that child. are things that we don't like to talk about or like to discuss, but they are integral or essential to bring up. I read a story one time. It was a dark, rainy night, and a salesman had a flat tire on the road. And to his dismay, he did not have a lug nut wrench to get the lug nuts off, and so he noticed up the road just a ways, was an old farmhouse. So he sat out on foot in the middle of the rain. He thought in his mind, surely this farmer... We'll have a lug nut wrench. I can at least get these lug nuts off and change this tire. And as he began to walk, he began to let his mind start to wonder, will, will the farmer even come to the door? If he does come to the door, since it's so late, will he be furious and bothered? Will the farmer say to himself, what is the big idea of me getting out of bed in the middle of the night? So as he continued to dwell in these thoughts, the further he walked, the more angry the salesman got. He finally arrives at the door, and he thinks to himself, I bet this old farmer, this old foolish cog, I guarantee you he'll never even let me bar. He probably won't even hear me knock on the door. So angrily, he just bangs on the door. There's a voice that rings out very quietly and faintly, but yet so calmly, who's there? And to the dismay, the salesman yells back, it's me. You know good and well who's out here. And you know what? I don't want your stupid lug nut wrench anyway. Now, as comical as that story is, see, the man already had set up expectations of what he thought was going to happen when he got to the farmhouse. But when it didn't meet his expectations, he got mad. How many times on our spiritual journey have we had expectations of what we thought God should have done? But when he didn't do it the way we thought he should have done it or the way we would have done it, we get mad at church or at the pastor or at the Sunday school teacher or at God. We find a way to project our anger because we didn't get what we wanted because we expected something different in return. See, this morning, this narrative takes place around A.D. 29 and was recorded in A.D. 62. This situation that we find today, this, this moment in time, is is literally a design or a a, a purpose lined out in Scripture to let us know sometimes things don't always go the way you expect them to go. Because in this story, the Bible gives us a few inclinations. Inclination number one is that this man has been lame his entire life. All he's known is how to be crippled. That's all he knows. He doesn't know anything else than... Being a crippled man, I learned something about crippled people. So I'm gonna gonna do an object lesson with you here today. So I'm gonna uh, use some volunteers, Riley. I'm gonna need your help because because I don't have any other uh, younger people in here that are lightweight to carry around here. And I'm gonna have uh, Brother Larry if he doesn't mind helping me, and uh, and uh, Brother Andy if you'll help me just for a moment. Uh, Riley, come come stand right here so that everybody can see you. barely walking, okay, so now here's what I want, alright, so everybody saw she walk now come down here, put your arm around Brother Randy's shoulder, and around Brother, Brother Larry's shoulder, they're going to grab you underneath your kneecap, like they're going to carry you like you just broke your leg put your arm around her shoulder, you ain't never done this before, have you put her under your other knee, right there There you go got her, yeah got it, okay y'all can just for the next 30 seconds walk anywhere in this building you want to with her, and then just lay her down somewhere, don't on a pewto, put her on the floor, I don't care where you lay her and while they're doing this, I want you to understand something. I'm going to still preach while they do this. Go ahead. Just put her down right there. It don't matter. Just wherever you all decide, She looks good laying down. Sit her somewhere. It don't matter. You know, yeah, you can't get nowhere. You're going to sit in that part. No, not in a pew. Not in a pew. That's not fair. She's got to sit on the floor. She's invalid. She don't get special treatment. Lay down. Just sit there. And you're going to stay there for the rest of the service. No, you won't. You're going to be good because I'm going to keep coming to preach on you. Here, here's what I've learned. When you're lame You're completely dependent on whoever's carrying you You don't get a vote As long as they're carrying her She doesn't get to dictate where they're going She can ask Brother Ray she can say Well guys I'd like to go to McDonald's But you know what If they don't carry her into McDonald's Guess where she never goes McDonald's See the problem is when people are lame on their feet They only can get to point A to point B By those who they're dependent upon When we are unbelieving church Or unbelieving people or unsaved Until we understand the value of being saved When we're living in sin We are lame spiritually We are only able to go wherever our sin takes us And it always leaves us in bad places The Bible says That they brought this man daily and set him at the temple gate. They're called beautiful and was like good luck. Have a good day. Guess what he didn't get to do? Go anywhere because he can't walk. So as soon as the people he was dependent on left him there. That's all he got to do all day long. There's too many people walking in our lives. Right now in the world that we're living in. In the midst of coronavirus. In the midst of quarantining. In the midst of pandemics. And I know there are Uh, Lifting some restrictions and other things But I want to tell you That even with all this chaos and pandemonium that's ensuing There's a lot of people right now that are lame Not just physically But spiritually lame They don't know what to do They're only being carried by what those around them are telling them to do They don't know any other things The only thing That this man knew how to do Riley I got a prop for you You get to have fun now You can sit up and help me out here Is beg I just want you to shake this until you get tired. I mean, you just keep shaking it. You can just, do a little, but just keep shaking it. It's got money in there. That's what it is.
0: That's all you heard every
1: day coming to church. Now, if, if, if in Bible times, if, if, if we were Church of God, now, we didn't have Church of God back in the Bible times. We've changed. But let me show you what Church of God people would have done. I ain't going to preach on Baptist, Methodist, Episcopal. I'm going to preach on Church of God people because I'm one of them. So if they fire me, they fired their own. So it's okay. Here's what Church of God people do. One of two things. Now you just hold up there for a second. We come to church every week, Monday through Saturday, passing people who were lame spiritually. That particular Sunday, the Bible said all he expected was for someone to give him a handout. Not help him get out of the state that he was in, just give him a handout to make it to the next day. Can I tell you, God never intended for you to stay in the state that you're in. Salvation is all about getting you out of one state into a different state of mind. God never intended for the church to stay in the same state that it was in. In fact, the Bible teaches us, as well as science and everything else, if something is not growing, there's only one option. It's dying. There's only one option. So if we just stay stagnant like a pool of water. You know what water that stagnates does? Kills everything in it. Literally. It kills everything in it. It becomes polluted. It's stagnant. It it dies. Life doesn't live in stagnant places. But this church. And I'm not just talking about our church. I'm not talking about. I'm just talking about the universal church. The church during this worldwide pandemic. And everything else. If we're not careful we become stagnant. We just are we're just going through the motions. We'll come Sunday, we'll come with. We're just going through motions. Now, Brother Becker here is sitting at the front door of the Santee Circle Church of God on Sunday morning. Here's what we do on Sunday morning. Oh, yeah, you can shake for a minute. We hear the we hear the clarion call that someone needs Jesus.
0: We hear the that
1: someone needs the Lord and we look and go oh that's a little too dirty for me to mess with today and we walk the other way in fact the Bible calls that the Pharisee and the Levite in fact in the story of the Good Samaritan it says the pastor literally saw the guy laying in the road and he was like oh oh my gosh I'm not messing with him that was the preacher that did that y'all then the church people came by and went oh yeah I'm with the preacher I'm not doing that you don't have to shake it the whole time I'm just picking but after the pastor walked by and didn't do it, the church people, you know they did, they did the same thing. They followed like, "Oh no, I'm not going to help them." It was the sinner, sister Brenda, that actually stopped and said, "Hey, can I help you?" Now that's a sad day when the people that don't know the Lord are the ones helping and giving out the help, when the people that do know the Lord won't offer them anything. Now, if we're holy Ghost filled church people, this is what we'll do to those people. Oh, yeah, God, God bless you. Let the Lord have his way in your life. We didn't help them get out of their state. We just aided and abetted them in their state. That's all we did. Let them still be a beggar. Let them still live in sin. Let them still, you know, they come to us at Walmart, tears streaming down their face. Their world's caving apart. You know, what we're like, well, I'll tell my pastor to pray for you. God bless you. We're leaving them in their state. Why not pray right there? Why do you need me? If, if you can't pray, that's a problem. If you can only pray when I'm praying, we got a problem. Hello, the reality of it is, we'll be like, oh well, well, I'll, I'll tell my pastor to be, to, I'll let him know that you you got a need. We'll we'll be praying for you, or we'll you know we'll be thinking about you. Why not pray now? Why not think about him now? Why not help him now? You know we go through these motions and say well pastor every time I see a beggar standing in front of Walmart with that sign am i supposed to give him money. No but I'm here to tell you that you should have a discerning spirit that when people are lame spiritually we have got to get them out of this state and get them over into a different state. I'm talking about a spiritual lameness. The situation was the man being carried could not go anywhere except for those who carried him to that location. Now I find it interesting that they drop him off at the church. Because even his friends in their mind thought, well, if he goes to church, maybe they'll be charitable people and they'll at least help him for a while. But God doesn't want us just to help people for a while, God wants us to show them Him so that He can change their life forever. Peter gets there. Peter sees the beggar sitting at the gate. Peter thinks to himself, hmm, same situation this beggar is begging, this beggar is asking for more money, I don't know how many times at 3 o'clock in the afternoon Peter went to church, all I know is the Bible said the ninth hour 3 p.m. he's headed to church, that's a good place to be, the Bible says when he arrives at the church, the Bible says that this man is still yelling, hey guys can y'all help me, can you help me today? Because the Bible tells us that this guy was anticipating something to happen. He was hoping. The Bible said he was expecting to receive alms from them. When Peter said, hey, can I help you? He said, hey, yeah, man. Hey, man, you got a buck? You got some money? He was expecting to receive alms. What he wasn't expecting was the response that he got. Can I tell you the devil has an end game? That is destruction. To kill, steal, destroy. But Jesus also has an end game. He says the thief, the enemy comes to kill, steal, destroy, but I have come that you may experience life and have it more abundantly, which tells me that Jesus also has some expectations too. I mean the Bible is full if we don't want to admit it or not sometimes, but the Bible is a giant rule book of what God expects. Don't kill, don't steal, don't commit murder, don't commit adultery. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Honor your father and mother. Uh, uh, you know, uh, make sure that you remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Uh, all these things. It, it gives us all these rules and regulations of things that the, that the Lord uh, expects from us. And, and even in the New Testament, Jesus said, I didn't come to get rid of everything in the Old Testament. I came to fulfill it, which means it's all still in the whole book is important. I'm just coming to fulfill the grace aspect because the law, the Apostle Paul said, if I had to live up to the law standards, I got no chance to make it to heaven but if it's not for the grace of God that's where I'm going to make it because God was merciful and gracious like we sang saying this morning it is amazing grace that lets me be able to go to heaven. Not because I can meet all the rules and regulations because if I look at all those things the Bible says and I have to make sure I make heaven by checking off every one of those boxes ain't none of us going. Nobody. We're none that perfect. But, but there was one Whose name is Jesus. That was that perfect that we'll be talking about. In the next couple weeks in the Easter season. There is a name above every name. By which men may be saved. And it's at the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that he is Christ the Lord. He did it. So that I could have grace to follow him. This man says well. I want some money. I want some, I want some money. I want, some, I want a handout. I want help. I want, can I tell you there is a world Full of people right now. They don't know what they need, but they're begging. They need something. They don't know that it's Jesus that they need, but they're out there floundering around living lives that are wayward and sinful. they're, They're miserable. They're always trying to find the next high or the next euphoric experience or something to fill a void. They don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, what the world is missing is it needs Jesus again. That's what they need. They don't need our money, they don't need our wisdom. They need the Lord. That would fix a lot of our mess if we just had Jesus back in the middle of it all. That's the problem. You see, this man had been guilted, felt guilty. He had been shunned. He had been made fun of. Can I tell you that his identity was uh, uh, correlated to his status? He was a beggar not because he was born a beggar. He became a beggar because of his status in life. See, there's too many people walking around right now. Their identity is all messed up. (laughs) (laughs) Lord, don't let me go here today. I was doing so good. You know, they have identity confusion. (laughs) I'm probably going to be censored, but it'll be okay. Facebook. They don't know if they want to be a boy. Hello. Or a girl. L, G, B, T, Q, I've always loved the Q when questionable. Well, what are you questioning? You can't pick one? Like, what's what that one? That, that one, I mean, the other ones I don't like either, but I'm just saying, a Q, question? Like, what are we doing? Just going to wait one day pick a number out of the hat and say that's what I am? Like, what's questionable? The reality of it is a lot of people self-identify because of the situation they're in. They don't realize that their identity is found in Jesus Christ, not in their situation. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. My identity is found in Jesus, not in my status or my situation. Because sometimes life will do me a bad hand. I'll be a cripple from birth. But I don't have to be a cripple and a beggar. I might not be living the perfect life, but I don't have to become a beggar just because I'm crippled. Every one of us, when we were born, we were born crippled spiritually because we were unsaved. And we, we didn't know the Lord, and so we were in a sin sickened state. But when Jesus came and changed my life, I wasn't a beggar anymore. I became a prince of heaven. I didn't have to be a pauper anymore. My identity is found in Jesus, not in my state of mind. But he had hit rock bottom. There was nowhere else to go. I mean, how much further can you go down? You're a beggar? You're sitting outside of a gate. You can't even go to a local grocery store or the local restaurant unless somebody physically picks you up and takes you there. Wherever they sit you, that's where you're stuck. That's pretty rock bottom when you can't do anything for yourself. That's pretty low. I don't know what your version of rock bottom is, but if I get to the point that I can't do anything for myself without complete dependency on somebody else physically, that's pretty low. But can I tell you that when we hit rock bottom spiritually, that's the best place to be because it will teach us to put our total dependency on Jesus Christ because when he picks me up, see, Brother Chris, what he does when Jesus picks me up, he doesn't take me back and leave me to be a beggar anymore. He changes my life, and when Jesus picks me up, he never drops me again. He never lets me fall like that again. Now, I might make mistakes and follow my own volition, but but Jesus never fails me. Once he picks me up, he's got me. And he's got me for, for a good, he's, he's securely got me. I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm stuck in his arms and I'm, I'm, I'm there with him. The only way I can get out of him is when I move myself. Not because he dropped me, because I moved myself out of that. So this man's a beggar. You see, there's plenty of folks today that have been let down, literally, a lot in life. They won't trust again, believe again, pray again, because they feel like, why bother? Because every time I try, I get let down. I would love to say it's just a worldly thing, but I'm telling you there's a lot of people that's been let down by the church. Can I tell you that most people can get over, and I want to say this cautiously, most people can get over sinners hurting them. They can't expect that. You know some of the hardest pain to get over is being hurt by church people? Because you expect when you come to church that that's going to be the people that are going to love you join fellowship with you, you expect that there's going to be a hospital for the sinners and a, and a place that you can come and find rest and you can find comfort and joy they don't expect to come to church to be hurt and when they get hurt by the church then they don't know where to go because they expect the world to hurt them but the church hurt them, now they find themselves in a deeper pit of despair because they can't even believe they have nowhere to go so then they find themselves living out in sin, doing other things because they're trying to cope, finding something to help them in their journey But can I tell you, you have to be careful not to depend so much on others. Because when you put your dependency more on others, they will drop you. They'll let you down and leave you. The guy comes every day to the temple. They lay him down. They go home. There's going to be a lot of people in your life. They're going to drop you somewhere along the way and hope you figure out how to get yourself back home. They're going to drop you and leave you there and go about their business and act like you never existed. Jesus doesn't drop you there and leave you there. Jesus sits down right beside you and waits for you to get up. Because look at the rest of the story. He anticipates that they're going to give him money. They anticipates, but all of a sudden, his ex- anticipation and his expectations get changed. See, we are taught in the book of Hebrews that we are supposed to offer a sacrifice of praise. See, I wrote this. Here's how we think. In the book of Hebrews, the Bible said, out of the heart flows the issues of life. Here's what people think when they come to church. Everybody, when they come to church, has expectations. You say, no, preacher, sure I'll come to church. I never had expectations." All right, next Sunday, we're not going to have air. We're not going to have lights. We're not going to have sound, and the bathrooms will not be working. Everybody cool with that? Oh, so you expect those things to happen, right? So, so you do have expectations. You expect indoor plumbing. You expect lights, and if it's hot. Be air conditioning if it's cold he, so we do actually come with expectations hello we may not vocalize them but we have expectations he sits there but here's what some people think well you know it's just so comfortable to sit in my house and not have to go to church watch it online eat my bowl of Fruit Loops leave my hair rollers in my hair don't even have to put my teeth in today this is a good day. I know, I know some of y'all put your teeth in. It's okay. It's all right. I can't wait to that day. I can hand somebody else and let them brush them and floss them instead of me. It's great. Here, your turn. It'll be awesome. Can't wait. But the reality of it is people have these thoughts like this. Well, I hope the pastor preaches a good sermon today. I didn't get up and get dressed and shower and look like this for nothing. I hope he preaches good today. I hope it ain't a dud like last week. You don't say it, but you think it. I know because I used to be a church person before I became a preacher. And it was my dad who was the preacher. And I thought that. So I know everybody else thought it. I lived with the preacher and thought, oh, I hope he preaches better than he did last week. Honest confession. I'm just being honest. He's in church right now, so he can't hear me, so it's great. So, or at least I hope he is. So, that being said, then I heard people say, I sure hope that. They sing my favorite song at church today. I get tired of going to church and singing them songs I don't even like. I hope they sing on pitch today. I hope they don't off key. I hope the instrumentalists play the right notes. I mean, I hope they have expectations. Can I tell you this morning, if I got up here with lockjaw and could not move my jaw, and if I got up here and the musicians all played and everybody was in a different key, and the singers sounded like a dying calf in a hailstorm, you still should be able to give God praise because none of that should have affected the way you came into church today. None of it. Because if you only come because I preach a good message or because we sound good on the instruments you came for the wrong reason because that was not the the point to be at church if I get up here and I'm silent and all these people screw up everything we're doing we can rehearse it and they just blow it up you still should be able to praise the Lord because that has nothing to do with why God should be praised God should not be praised based on us He should be praised for what He's done And if you say, well, pastor, I mean this, that, and the other. He should be praised because he died on the cross. That's all that you really need to remember. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He died on the cross. He resurrected on the third day. We should thank him just because he's not letting us go to hell. That's enough to praise the Lord for. You see, I've learned a long time ago, you don't have to entertain me or impress me because I'm not here to praise God because you play good, you sing good, or you preach good. I'm here to praise God because flat out God is good. I come to church to praise God not because brother Randy sings the right notes or sister Carol plays a beautiful song in the altar call or, or some guest speaker preaches a word from heaven that's great when all that goes well but I come each week to praise the Lord because God is just good I come because He's good period nothing else God's good That's simple so in this moment you have to understand everybody has expectations but when someone makes alteration you know what alteration is you take your little pants to the shop you say, hey, I'm too fat. I need them to stand out. Or you say, I've lost weight. I need them suckers to wrap around me like an umbrella. And, or you want them to be rolled up or rolled down, you know, because the older you get, the shorter you get. So the pants used to be normal length. Now they're dragging the floor. You're like, how did I shrink? And, and you need all the, that's alterations. We, we all have expectations. But when someone makes alterations to your expectations, you will see yourself get a divine revelation. Because the expectation was, I want money. The alteration was Peter and John says, I don't have money, but I'm going to give you something. And then they met, or excuse me, the man met someone who would change his life. He met Jesus Christ. He said, well, Pastor, how do you know that? Because what happens is the next part of this story that Miss Carol makes her way is the transformational power that took place. I love this. This gate that is sitting that he's at is called the gate of Necanor, or the Get, Corinthian gate. It literally was called that because of its beauty, of its splendor. It was constructed uh, out of the expansion of an Alexandrian Jew. And it was known Corinthian because it was made out of Corinthian bronze, which was a high-priced uh, uh, metal. It was plated with gold and silver. It was 60 feet wide and 75 feet tall. I mean, this is a massive game. It was so beautiful. the Holy Spirit moves on people and we spread the message of Jesus Christ the Bible said signs and wonders will follow the believers God said that it still can happen the same transformational spirit that happened back then is still active today, it can't happen we are children of the cross, we are the fruit of the tomb, but we're the product of that upper room experience when the Holy Ghost came see I... I love this story because how it ends. You know, Pastor, how is this tie with being unmasked? Because here's the deal. When you wear a mask right now, you're hiding. or you're masking, I can't see your expressions. I can see your eyes. I know it's for protection from, from viruses. I get that. But when I mask, I am concealing something. Whether it's concealing germs, whatever. I'm trying to conceal something. Too many people are in a state right now that they are concealing the true need in their life the true need is not their beggar the true need is they don't know Jesus So begging is concealing the real root of the heart out of the abundance of the heart the mouth out of the out of the heart that flows the issues of life according to Hebrews the issue is not their beggar. Sister Brenda, really the issue is not so much they're crippled. The issue is they don't know how to get out of this state to the next state. They are stuck. Pastor, where is coronavirus going to end? I don't know. But I don't have to be stuck spiritually in the same situation because while I may not know when the virus is in, while I may not know when it's gonna, when the sun's going to shine again, or my vaccines are all rolled out, I, I don't know all the ins and outs and details. Silver and gold, I don't have. Johnson and Johnson, Aderma, uh, Pfizer. I don't have shots in my back pocket to give all y'all this morning. But I do have some I can give y'all today. Not money. I ain't got no money to give all y'all. I mean, I got probably a, a penny for everybody if you want that. But I don't have enough to give money. spend some money. I don't have a buffet spread back there for you today to eat. But I have something for you today. Because here's what I have. I'm going to give you the same thing Peter said. Peter said, look at me. gold I don't have money, resource. I don't have that but such as I have today prophetically I say to you as the pastor of this sanctuary, I don't have all the money in the world and I have all the food and resources in the world but today I have something everyone one of you can take home with you today that you can use at your disposal it will be the best thing I can ever give you the service I present you today Jesus you don't need my money Church, they line you up front. Y'all know where I'm going. I already feel the connection in the spirit. And they'd have everybody come around and give what was known as the. Why not the left? Why, why not left hand? What's wrong with left hand? Anybody here left handed? Anybody? Why is left handed here? you're such an sort of anomaly. You're the weird one in the crew. Why why can't we give us Brittany the left hand fellowship? She's strong left handed. You know why? the Bible gives us clarity because in the Hebraic and the Jewish culture the arm there was different parts they called the father and the mother parts of the arm and the arm represented a symbol of strength power, strength, might and 99% of the people not everybody but a large part, majority of people as you just exhibited this morning are right handed people if you left in. So right hand became, in that society, that was just kind of a cultural norm. If you were left-handed, you were a little bit different than everybody else. Because that right hand represented strength and stability. When you go back home in Acts chapter 3, I want you to go read the part where Jesus, where Peter says, probably around verse 7, I believe, somewhere in that, verse 7 or 8. Peter said, look at me, such as I have to you, you in the name of Jesus. Rise up wall. Brother Randy, what does it say he did after he gave him that proclamation? right hand he said this he said "Silver, gold, have I none right hand to right hand the Bible said immediately immediately he grabbed him by the right hand the strength the power represented in the arm Peter didn't jerk him up the Holy Ghost moved on Peter and strength came into his bones and that joker literally stood up like he had walked every day of his life and the Bible it says something interesting he didn't just say alright God bless you have a good day See you next week at church. No, you know what they did? The Bible said they went to church together. They walked into church together. And when they walked into church together, the Bible said this guy pretty much forgot that Peter was there. The Bible said he took off running, leaping in joy, and in the spirit he started praising and worshiping the Lord. Because he used to be a beggar. He used to be a cripple. He used to be, but he's not in his state anymore. I've often wondered, what happened to his money, George? He never says what he did with the money. I hope he tithed. but I mean, I'm just being honest. I hope he gave it to the church. But we never find that he went back and picked up his money jar. You know why? Because he didn't need the money jar. For my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I may not have money, but He does. Jesus does. I may, I may, I don't need this anymore. Because once I get Jesus, He's got all the riches. My God will supply all my needs according to His so I don't need my money because my state of mind has changed because what I give to you today before you leave this place today is not this little jar full of coins today Sister Faye Huff, church she's not here today, she watches sometimes online when they take her the iPads and stuff she's not with us today I, I'm going to go see her again on Thursday I can't bring her here this morning to church I don't have that I can't get her out of the nursing home the husband's house I can't can't tell you one thing i can't go to where sister patty is i mean sister james is today in the hospital i can't go right now she's having a procedure i can't go in that room with the procedure they won't let me do that i can't god can god can i can't go with you to your doctor's appointments and medical appointments this week but i can't tell you when you leave this place today i got something all for you i can't go with you when you leave here to go to work school whatever you do don't have anything else to give you but one thing but what I do have to give you today I think will change your life in the name of Jesus whatever it is you need in the name of Jesus pastor I got sickness in my body in the name of Jesus be made whole pastor I need a financial miracle in the name of Jesus God supply all their needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus pastor I I feel a little under the weather in the name of Jesus touch them right now and let them feel better
0: pastor I, I got a lost son or
1: daughter in the name of Jesus Lord let that son or daughter come home to come to know you. Let them be like a prodigal son. Let him come home. Let her come home and find a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Whatever you have need of today, I present to you today as you stand all over this house and begin to pray. I present to you today in the name of Jesus. So next Sunday when you walk in this place, thank you. Next Sunday when you walk into this place, we start talking about Palm Sunday. And Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Don't let us come next Sunday and start talking about Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. and look like we're miserable to give him praise.
0: Do you know what Hosanna actually
1: means? It means God save us. Save us now. God save us. So when you're say when you're saying Hosanna, what you're saying is, Jesus, save me. Save me. Save us. Help us. Save us. We're going to be here on Palm Sunday next Sunday. We're going to be singing the songs of Zion, worshiping the Lord. When you come in this place, I challenge you this week, get prepared make sure your heart's prepared because when we come in next week I want us when we start singing about the song of the time and we're singing the praises of the Lord I want us to triumphantly bring out, raise the roof off this place let it ring throughout the rafters how we want and need the Lord Jesus save us, Jesus be with us Hosanna, bless Blessings. next week is about all about the palm branches and waving and celebrating his entry Well, you know what in three weeks from now, four weeks from now six weeks from now August, September, October of this year, I still want us to be able to be say I was glad when they said it to me. Let us go in the house, Lord. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. God, help us. Say I still want to be able to come and worship the Lord because you know why? I don't come because we sing good. I don't come because I preach good. I come because God is. Let's pray together. Father, I've done my very best today to articulate